Hey lady, do you sometimes feel like you've lost yourself? Are you internalizing your feelings and walking around on eggshells either at home or at work? Maybe there is something missing in your life, but you just can't quite figure out what it is. Or even worse, you know what it is, but you feel stuck and you can't move forward. Well, I have been there more often than I care to admit. I spent more than 20 years climbing the corporate ladder only for it to come to an abrupt end during a 10 minute meeting. (laughs) I was so busy climbing that ladder to satisfy one aspect of myself that I neglected to take the time I needed to really focus on how to achieve true balance in every aspect of my life. Hi, I'm Anya Day, and welcome to the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast, where I give women practical tips on how to find their voice through changing their mindset, identifying their passion, and owning their story, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So, go grab your favorite glass of wine or cup of tea if you're driving, relax, And let's peel away the layers of our complex onion to unleash our authentic voice that the world deserves to hear. That's what's up. Today, we're going to talk about owning your voice. After all, the name of the podcast is Find Your Voice and Own It. So for me, um, I know I said this before, but it is so important for me and for others to truly own who they are, be comfortable walking in their authentic self, whatever that may look like whatever the response may be, whatever the repercussions may be. But me being an introvert, I know that that isn't always easy. Sometimes you don't want to speak up. Sometimes you don't want to hear somebody else's response. Sometimes you just want to stay in the background. You don't necessarily need to be front and center, or at least I don't. So for me, this has been a journey that I've been on in terms of truly owning who I am and owning my voice. So one of the things that I think about in terms of expressing myself that feels authentic to me, I have to feel comfortable in the situation. And to me, part of owning your voice is speaking unapologetically, but without harming somebody, without disrespecting them or demeaning others. There's a thin line between kind of walking in who you are and being who you want to be versus then doing it to the detriment of others. Well, it's not really a fine line. It's inappropriate, in my opinion. So as in general, I've faced this challenge in various parts of my life, whether it was at work, in terms of being young in a leadership position at the time when I first went into leadership at my, you know, years ago, whether it's being a minority, whether it's just being a woman, period, because women in general can be seen a certain way if they provide, if they are too assertive or too confident or too whatever, it can equate to them being the B word or being whatever other name. So I really want to kind of explore this and talk about it. And I encourage you all to send me a direct message, shoot me an email, do whatever you need to do. Cause I really want to continue the conversation even beyond this. So when I think about owning my voice, first important things that I think it's important for us to always remember is that you have value and you need to understand that. We all have value. We all bring something to the table. The key is figuring out what that thing is. And in order to do that, I really believe that we have to spend some more time with ourselves to really know who we are, know what it is that we want, know what it is that we want to be able to express with to others. Sometimes we spend too much time either on the phone or texting or on social media, looking at other people's lives, 
in front of the television, consuming a lot of different information that doesn't necessarily feed our souls. It doesn't necessarily allow us that quiet time to kind of figure out our next step. So different people, that may look differently. That may mean having prayer time. That may mean meditating. That may mean sitting outside in the outdoors and allowing the outdoors to speak to you. It could be a variety of different things. I think that in order for you to understand your value, you have to know yourself. In order to know yourself, you really have to spend time with yourself. Some of y'all just don't like yourselves. I know that sounds crazy. You don't necessarily even want to admit it, or maybe you don't even realize it. Some people don't like quiet. They don't like to sit and just be with themselves. I happen to be one of those people where I'm good with it. I think it's important to clear my head in order to be able to figure out my next move. It's important. So how do you figure out what value you bring to the table if you don't have that quiet time? Maybe you just sit down and write out what your goals are or write out the things that you really like about yourself or more importantly, the things that you don't necessarily like about yourself and you want to be able to change. So for me, I really started focusing in on my value in the workplace was if I journey back some years, I was denied for several, several positions at the, my, I would say like my first real job. Like I went to college. I worked at a law firm for a year because I wanted to go to law school. After that didn't work out, I worked at a nonprofit healthcare organization. At that organization, the first two jobs I applied for before I even got in the door, I actually didn't get. The third position was the position that I received, that I actually got. And that in retrospect was the best position for me. Once I got to the company and I saw what those other two positions was, no offense to those people or to those departments, but those positions weren't wouldn't have been a, necessarily a good fit for me. So everything happened the way it was aligned to happen. And throughout that process, because I had a college degree, I just was like, oh, I want to move up. I want to move up because I was just a go-getter. I am still a go-getter because that's what I like to do. But I had to learn patience and I had to learn that I need to spend some time learning and perfecting my craft before I try to go to my next level. So there were several times where I had applied for positions. I didn't necessarily get it. And then fast forward to when I had that like coveted position that I told you all about as an accreditation manager, I really wanted this job. And then less than a year in, I was asked to apply for the next level up, which was an assistant director position. And it was interesting because at that point, I realized that other people saw the value in me. I hate to say that it kind of validated what I thought about myself, but in a way it did. And it doesn't mean that if you don't get something, you should devalue yourself that's one of the things that I really had to tussle with. Just because I didn't get something didn't mean it was a devalue against me or that I wasn't worthy of whatever. It just wasn't for me, which was cool. I think that you have to avoid measuring your worth on against positions, against words that other people say to you, against people inviting you to the table or in the room. You can't compare yourself to others because then you end up devaluing yourself before you even start. And you can't do that because it's like you're playing a mental game with yourself. And you don't want to do that to yourself. You have to believe in yourself. Whatever it is that you want to say, whatever it is that you have to say, you have to figure out, okay, how do I add value to this conversation? Some people like to talk just to hear themselves talk, but some people truly add value to whatever. 
And I'm speaking to those who at some point in time, whether it's a personal relationship or a work relationship, whatever situation, and you just felt like, okay, I can't say what I want to say, or I want to say this, but I'm scared to, and I don't know how to speak up. This is for you. You have to make conscious decisions about what's important to you and what it is that you want to fight for, what it is that you want to believe in. That could be a number of things. We're living in a day and age now where there is a lot of division amongst the political parties. There's still some racial tensions and racial divisions. There is just division everywhere. Families are being divided. The family isn't as coveted as it used to be back in the day, or in my opinion, back in the day. And you have to find your place in where you stand in all of that. And you have to find where you're comfortable with in terms of whether or not you feel comfortable speaking out publicly as it relates to certain racial tensions. And if you're not speaking out publicly, are you at least educating your kids at home? What are you doing to make it so that you're advancing the next generation. That is if you have kids at home. So it's not about being the smartest person in the room and you don't necessarily have to know it all, but you have to figure out what that value is and what role you want to play in terms of adding value to different circles, different conversations, etc. Again, it's not about being the smartest person in the room. You can educate yourself to get to learn more about a particular subject, but you have to know that if you feel like you have something to say, that it's important enough to be said. So number one, value. I would say a second thing that you really need to think about as it relates to owning your voice is don't apologize for your wonderfulness. Is that a word? I don't know if it's a word, but I just made it a word. So I believe that we all have the power of God within us and that we could be whatever it is that we are destined to be because I am a glass half full kind of girl. And you have to really not apologize for being great. Because you all have greatness in you. You do. You might not necessarily see it because you're looking at some outward appearance or what you see in the mirror or what you feel inside, but there's greatness within you. And a lot of times or sometimes we apologize or we kind of shrink ourselves because we're afraid to speak up or maybe we're not confident in what it is that we're talking about. Don't apologize for who you are. That's who you are. And I used to find myself saying sorry so much. Not to say that people shouldn't apologize if they wrong somebody. They should. I'm not at all saying that. I think there's a difference between humbling yourself and being humble and you know not being too timid or too meek, but then also not accepting your authority. Walk in that authority because it was given to you. Walk in that gift because it was given to you. It's not for you to hide. It's not for you to not feel like you can't. It's like you have to be courageous enough to just jump out there, period, about whatever that thing is. Because a lot of times it's something that's bothering us and we don't know how to necessarily communicate it. I think you have to believe in your stance and your convictions and and figure out how the best way to communicate those things. Sometimes you might be like the lone wolf in the room and you might have a differing opinion from everybody else, but that don't mean that you need to apologize for it. It doesn't. I think another thing is you have to be strategic about it. So let's just say we're in a work setting. This is something I've dealt with a lot. Being in, for me personally, there were a number of situations where when I first went into leadership, I was the youngest person in my department, but yet I was 
was in charge of a particular area. Even back then, kind of talk to myself or talk my way through, okay, yeah, you got this. Because you can't allow them to show weakness. Not that you can't, you can. But when you're in a leadership position at an organization, it's important that you show that confidence. And it wasn't about me not having confidence about what I was doing. It was about, again, that response of other people. Like, oh, she doesn't deserve to be there. Or how does she get that? And it wasn't none of their business. I earned every position I had. I fought my ass off to get every position I have, quite frankly, I had. You have to not be somebody who don't. Don't just talk to talk, but make sure you have something to say. When you're in situations that where you may be perceived a certain way that you don't want to be perceived, or perhaps you realize that it may be a little controversial, do your homework. Don't just get up there and talk all willy-nilly. Practice if you have to. And you need to be inclusive when you're having those conversations, especially if you're in a work situation in terms of trying to avoid being divisive and us versus them. And if you have a differing opinion, figure out how to bridge the gap in terms of as you're sharing your different opinion. Okay, well, how can we collaborate and work together? How can we take this from over here and add it to that over there to come up with something even greater? It's about being passionate without being too aggressive. Again, you don't want to come off like a bee, but you can still be passionate about what you believe in and you can share it with authority without offending somebody. If you're angry, if you come off as angry, that's counterproductive. People automatically kind of shoot down or block out what it is that you say. I love my husband dearly, but he is like not passive aggressive, but like aggressive aggressive. And just like that, he like his just the way his normal tone of voice he's like sounds angry he just is like aggressive and there are times where he talks and I don't pay him no attention because if you come off at me a certain way then I can't receive what you're saying because it becomes counterproductive like you mad at the world but don't take it out on me so you have to make sure that that's not your stance again it goes back to adding value be confident in what you're saying without being defensive you don't have to defend what it is that you're saying or what you're doing. And at the end of the day, if you know your stuff and you know what it is that you want to say and what you want to communicate, it's not that you have something to prove. You deserve to be there. You have something to say and everybody else needs to know it and everybody else needs to hear what you have to say. I had to be careful. Like I think there were times in my life where I felt like I had something to prove and now I don't know that that necessarily was a good thing because proving means it makes it about the other person. I don't have jack whatever to prove to you. At the end of the day, you have to get to a point where you feel comfortable walking in who you are because you bring value to the table, not because you're trying to show Sally over here that you can get it done. It's not about Sally. It's about you doing what you need to do. And all of that goes into being strategic about how you move and being delivered about it. And sometimes it means maybe you need to take a step back and do some research before you decide you want to put yourself out there. Some of us feel as though, oh, that person isn't going to care what I have to say, or, oh, I'm just a coordinator. I'm just a da-da-da-da-da. Like, say you're in a situation and you are considered lower on the totem pole or you have a more entry-level position. That doesn't mean that you don't have something valuable to say. And it's important that you know that. It doesn't mean that the person with the degree
degrees and the person with their name on the door is necessarily any smarter than you are. And you have to figure out a way to be strategic about sharing your opinion with them about whatever it is that you're trying to share in a tactful and diplomatic way. And it's going to get hard sometimes, which I guess I would say that would probably be my third point is you got to keep persevering when it gets rough because it's going to get rough sometimes, but you have to start somewhere. Whether we're talking about starting your own business, whether we're talking about climbing a corporate ladder, whether we're talking about navigating a marital relationship, whether we're talking about navigating a political situation, there are times where things get challenging and things are well. I think as long as you start somewhere, because it's not always going to be easy, but if you make baby steps and you show progress, then the more you move and the more you get used to something, the more comfortable you are. But with that, I would say you have to realize that you're going to be uncomfortable. And sometimes you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable, meaning don't just get somewhere and sit there. You got to kind of push yourself to say, okay, I could do this. Let me take it. What can I do to stretch myself? If my goal is to lose weight and okay, my goal is to lose five pounds this month. Stretch yourself and say, okay, I'm going to lose, try to lose seven pounds next month. I've been on this weight loss journey so much and, or for so long. And maybe you're a person who actually lost 50 or 60 pounds. Maybe you can share that wisdom to somebody else. That's an example of owning your voice. That's an example of helping somebody out. Don't be deterred if you don't get the response that you necessarily want or expect in whatever situation you're talking about. And it goes back to keeping that perseverance because your criticisms are going to come and Quite frankly, the higher you go, the worse the criticisms can be a lot of times. There are just more money, more problems, new level, new devil, whatever you want to say. It gets harder the higher you go or the higher that people perceive you. There are going to be people who will hate on what you do and how you do it, but that can't stop you. Sometimes it's not about you. It's about the other person being uncomfortable about where they are. I joined Clubhouse and for those of you all who aren't familiar with Clubhouse, it's a new platform, social media platform, and it's basically, it's all audio. So you're literally in quote unquote rooms speaking to other people. And a lot of times I do just listen, but more recently I feel more comfortable raising my hand and adding, if I feel like I can add value to this conversation, then I do. Again, if I don't have nothing to say that, or I'm just repeating what else somebody else has said, then I don't do it. But is there, are there times where I feel timid? Yes. Because it could be hundreds of people in the room and hundreds of people you don't necessarily know. It could be stars in the room with you. You could be in a room and Tyrese Gibson is in the same room that you are. And maybe you have something to say and you want to say it and you just need to do it. So you can't be afraid of what the other person or other people are going to say or think. And it's about just kind of walking in your own confidence and your own value when it comes to that. You're not going to feel some kind of way if you get a crazy response. But I'm going to need you to put your big girl panties on, bounce back, and keep going. You can't allow it to prevent you from trying again because you're never going to move forward if you don't try again, period. You're just not. Sometimes you're going to stand out. Your opinion may not be the popular one. I have a 12-year-old daughter who wanted to skate more for Christmas. She wanted to go to a skate park and her mama found her a skate park to go to. 
So I took her and one of her friends to this skate park. We drove a good hour to get to the skate park because that's the closest one that I could find that was actually open. And when we got there, it was full of little boys. So guess what? Those two 12-year-old girls had no desire to go skate because it was full of boys. One, because they were learning. And two, because they are both introverts. They like kind of what they like. So we drove an hour for them to go to the tennis court and practice on the tennis court. I have a tennis court that's five minutes away from my house. (laughs) So I was like, what? But it's cool. What I tried to tell them though was, it's okay for y'all to play in a tennis court today. Maybe even the next couple of times we go. But at the end of the day, I want them to feel comfortable in knowing that, okay, if you really want to, you can go over there and practice on the ramps. You shouldn't feel, even though I know it's natural, I don't want you to feel like you can't be on the same ramps as these little boys are because they're a little bit more proficient at it because maybe they've been practicing longer. You haven't had your skateboard that long. You haven't had an opportunity to practice on these ramps. But I know come hella high water, your mama gonna make you get on one of them ramps at some point in time. Hopefully it'll be a comfortable situation for you. Hopefully it won't be a whole bunch of people there and you can feel comfortable kind of just being you. But I never want them, especially as girls, I never want them to feel like they don't belong somewhere. I don't go for that. Not at all. Not at all. Because that's just not me. But I get that everybody isn't as confident as me. So of course, I respected their opinion. But when you think about it, when you're a child, the younger you are, like, oh, that's a classic example. So the seven-year-old, Kenston, who's a boy, he was like, nah, I want to go over there. Of course, because one, (laughs) he's a little more fearless than all of us. He's at that age where he's bold. He's not shy about certain things. And then he didn't care that he had never been on a ramp before. He was going show his stuff no matter what. And I had to basically pry him away in order to get him at home. But when we're a kid, we're bold. We just are unashamed and unapologetic. And we just come into this world like, here I am. What you going to do about it? And at some point in time, we start caring about being loved or not being necessarily being loved, being light and fitting in. And we begin to define ourselves by the world and the other stuff around us. And I said that before, I wish that we could kind of keep that childlike feeling where we don't necessarily care. And we end up placing more weight on what's happening outside of us rather than what's inside of us. And I don't want us to do that because then you begin to be conditioned by fear and you convince yourself that you're unworthy of stuff that you are worthy of. It doesn't always have to be that way. You don't always have to feel that way. You just have to find that thing within you that gives you that confidence to say, okay, I got this. I'm owning my peace. I'm owning my power. I'm owning my voice. I'm owning my fatness, my dimples and my butt. I'm owning my whatever. You got to just walk in it. Again, it's a process. But at some point, if we could just be free from that fear and that guilt and that shame that the world puts on us, or sometimes we really truly do just put it on ourselves. At the end of the day, our happiness is the one that's being risked. Those people not necessarily going home thinking about you, they're not. Think another way that we can kind of feel more comfortable in that space of vulnerability and space of kind of owning your voice and being who you are is remembering that, or for me, I truly believe my voice is my superpower. I like the way I communicate. There are things that I don't necessarily like about the way I communicate, but I could cuss you out without cussing you out. I can 
can read you without reading you. So you have to get to a point where it becomes your superpower, where it becomes a mechanism for you to get what it is that you want and you deserve. You have to walk in that. You know, I feel like all roads lead back to your tribe. And then so many people are loners, so maybe I shouldn't say that. But I think also finding a tribe that you feel comfortable with kind of helps with that because then they become your support system. Find a group of people who they have the same values you have. And they're not necessarily exactly a carbon copy of you, of course, because you won't necessarily be stretched. But you want somebody who could push you and encourage you and and say, yes, you got this. You can do it. Yes, you're going to go rock giving that speech at that board meeting tomorrow. Do you have to prepare? Yes, you got to prepare. Maybe you need to stand up and look in the mirror and practice what it is you're going to say and how you're going to say it. Maybe you got to have a conversation with somebody safe about how you're going to have a difficult conversation with your mother that you're afraid to speak to about a particular subject because it's a sensitive matter. You don't want to hurt her feelings and you want to show respect, but you need to tell her something that you're afraid to tell her. You got to figure out, okay, well, can I get my sister to talk to her with me? Can I get a friend to do whatever? You got to find in certain situations, sometimes it involves that. You got to think about it that way. If you walk around saying my voice is my superpower and you keep saying that in your head and you remember on your day told me that my voice is my superpower, I guarantee you next time you try to have a difficult conversation, maybe it'll be a little bit easier. Just a little bit. It's so, I don't know, I can't articulate this enough. And there's so much more to explore as it relates to this. I'm going to do a whole episode on being courageous because you need courage to do anything, quite frankly, when you think about it. That it gives you the confidence to keep doing whatever the other thing it is that you need to do. Whether it's speaking, whether it's starting a new business, whether it's applying for a new position, whether it's having a difficult conversation with a family member, whether it's making a decision that you're going to get a divorce. You need courage to do all of those things. And I know that each of you have the courage within you. You just have to find it. And when you find that courage, you can help and figure out what it is that you need to continue to add value in this world for. You will truly find your voice and you will truly own it. And you will be completely like unapologetic about it. Like, oh, I got this. I know I got this. Remember, your voice matters. Everybody's voice matters. Everybody has a contribution to make. Sometimes it only takes one. It only takes one to take a stand. It only takes one to sit on the back of the bus and decide she ain't getting up. It only takes one to decide, okay, I'm not going to tolerate this person speaking to me this anyway. I'm not going to tolerate this person speaking to me like this anymore. I'm going to take my family and I'm going to go. Sometimes you could be a voice for somebody who needs it and you don't even realize that you're being that voice for that person. Again, it's your power. Allow it to be your superpower. You're owning your voice. You're owning your power. You're being a voice. You're not necessarily being an echo. You're making a difference. As long as you're walking in honesty and truth and integrity, then you don't have nothing to worry about. Whatever your core values are, hopefully they are. Honesty is one of them. Whatever your core values are, stick to those. Don't worry about what other people have to say or what they think. Know that it's all going to work out for the good. It truly is. With that, until next time, grace and peace. Thank you for joining the Find Your Voice and Own It podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe and leave a review because I welcome and value your feedback. You can also tag me in your stories at It's On Your Day so I can personally connect with you and know who is in my tribe. I am looking forward to continuing to work with you to write your own story. Until next time, grace and peace.